Look, man, I'm about to bust you if you don't give me some information. How you gonna come up and and jam me up like this, James? Huh? You embarrass me in front of my wife, my kids out there? Kenan, you're embarrassing yourself. You a black man with a Chinese restaurant on Crenshaw. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, wait. Which which one? There's three of them. Two. How you know? Cause I, love <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I literally oh, remember. Cheeto. Yes, that's with them in the back. He said, "Oh, don't and worry, I got cousin. my sources." Oh my god! <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna kick your ass." Black man, and now I'm gonna kick your ass. ass. <laughs> it's a stick of weed. Oh my. Nah, we need to watch that. This I know, weekend. I know. We need to go. Through we gotta watch later. all three of them. I know, yeah. I don't remember third the third one though. What? Nah, that's the one with the fucking giant and shit. No, no, Rush Hour Four. I don't remember. There's a, Wait, there's not a them. there's not a fourth yes, one. What the is. fuck are you talking about? Hold on, hold on. There's yes, not is. a Rush Hour Four. Yes, it is a Rush. They hour were four. talking about a Rush Hour Four. No, it's a Rush Hour Four. There's not a Rush Hour Four. So which one? Okay, hold on, because maybe I'm bugging. You are bugging. Rush there's not a Rush Hour, hour four. four. Yes, it is. Click it. Wait, it's there's... a Rush Hour Four. Look. No. Rush Hour 4 is one of the sequels that's been talked about for so long that it can be hard to remember what the actual deal is. Is Rush Hour 4 actually happening? It hasn't happened. Oh, so it's only three. So that's the- <laughs> I literally just told you there was only I said three. the one with the giant. So you don't remember Rush <laughs> Hour 3. That means we got to watch it again. Because I don't remember that shit. I don't I remember mean, 1 and not- 2. 2 is my favorite one. So Yeah, 2 is, two is funny. <laughs> What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? <laughs> Oh God! Welcome to episode thirty-six. Oh, this is thirty-six. Okay, all right. That was better than usual. Um, of oh my goodness, oh my goodness, yeah. What the fuck kind of sound was that? Okay. Anyway, what are you loving on, baby? I'm loving on. I feel like we're gonna say the same thing. Good. I'm loving on. Some fucking uh, what's that? Dimples? No, dimples. what's the name of the ice? The icy that we ate? Oh, in the Bronx dipping too? dots, dipping dots. There we go. That the rainbow your one. life, huh? I never had it as a kid. What, what the know. fuck? My parents didn't love me, I guess. I mean, that's that. I don't know. That's the only childhood, know. maybe. Dipping dots, the rainbow. Yo, if you have your mask it's on, it's like sherbet. Yeah, I love sherbet. Do you never knew that? Yeah. I've literally that. never seen you eat sherbet. I mean, where do they life. really regularly sell sherbet? Though? In the supermarket? What the fuck do you mean? Nobody goes to the supermarket to buy sherbet. Bro. People who like sherbet <laughs> would buy fuck? sherbet, and you just yeah, said yo, that you like sherbet. Smart, bro. What? Okay, continue. You go, I mean, I saw it in Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't even know they sell in Dunkin' Donuts. Dippin' Dots, yeah. No, sherbet. They sell sherbet everywhere they sell ice cream. I didn't usually. know that because they had two flavors. But you're flavors. someone who likes sherbet? They had two co- flavors in Dunkin' Donuts. So tell me how that makes sense. Shouldn't it be like even or almost even? What are you talking about? The sherbet. If it's that popular, why is it only two? It's not that popular. That's not- 14 flavors. Oh, my God. I'm just saying, you said that you like sherbet. I've never seen you eat sherbet. I mean, I ate it at my job. Okay, sir. Okay. What are you loving on? <laughs> well, I thought we were going to say the same thing, but I'm loving on, I think I've said this before, but like we, this is the first time we actually committed to like a, 
a real ass DIY project in the house. Oh yeah. Based on like YouTube tutorials, I would always just watch them in passing and look Mm -hmm. at all the shit that people could create in their house with like regular household items like bookshelves and coffee tables and shit. All you need is some scrap wood from Home Depot, some staining um, Mm -hmm. or some wood stain, uh, little pieces of hardware, and you're good to go. You can make magic happen. That shit was mad cool. And then to see it, and it's actually functional. That's that's the significant part. It's actually functional. Yeah, This shit ain't break down yet. Um, It's mad cool. That's my favorite spot. My new favorite spot. Mm-hmm. Bob built ass. It was um, it was um, Bed Bath until they started closing down. It was um, no, not all of them, just that location. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh well, it's my it's my new favorite spot still. <laughs> Truth. Because they got stuff He's that had, they had in Bed um, Bed Bath like cleaning stuff, mm-hmm. freaking everything. They got laundry detergent for for like the low price. On the low, low low, that bulk shit, yeah. Yep. So see, now you want to be making shelves and stuff. Now you think you Bob the Builder for real? Yeah, I can see why people see when you get it's older. It's so much easier. Yeah, you, you start appreciating stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and we go through all the aisles, not just. Well, we do that with every store. <laughs> That's our strategy. Yeah. But yeah, so what we wanted to talk about today, we actually had a episode way, way, way back when, like in season two, like really early season, not season two, season one, uh, really early season one, where my homie, one of my favorite people in the world was a guest um, when we talked about friendships. But I think that it just made sense to revisit this topic Mm -hmm. um, because we're at a different stage in our lives now, right? So um kind of looking at it more intentionally. Yep. It's um it's crazy cuz back then I used to call like everybody my friend. Like if I thought they was cool, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, they That was cool. literally his word for everybody. I was they're like, "Okay, friend, you know." Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they're they cool, right. you know. I'm like, "What does that mean?" That means they're cool. I was like, "Okay." Yeah. That's your standard. Then you yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but then you know, Booba made me realize, you know, not everybody's your friend and, you know, there's certain qualities that a friend supposed to have and friend is supposed to be associated with somebody who you could count on, you know. So this episode, we're going to be focusing on, you know, stages of friendships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what to look out for in a friend and, you know, all, all the things that relate to uh, the true meaning of being a friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, the reason I wanted to revisit it because I know we've had a similar conversation um, prior is because, kind of in the the vein of like stages, right? I feel like with adulthood, really, and like just you leveling up, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes that really forces you to do some like spring cleaning. And, like, really examine everything around you, not just, like, the relationships in your life, platonic, familial, romantic, but just everything. Like, what you're giving your energy to, how your energy feels, like, what is serving you, which is what is not serving you, right? And at that point, the hope is, at the very least, that, like, shit is not just superficial, right? Like, you're Mm -hmm. really being intentional about this shit. And for me... The crazy thing is, like Drew said, I I was always very 
particular right. about who I called my friend. Right, right. Right. Sure, I, sure. I was always like that. But I think there was still a level of just examination and intentionality that came as with most things in the last two years with Yara, where it's like, bruh, she's really like awaken my inner child when I think about kind of how I show up in friendships, how people show up in friendships for me, what that mm-hmm. meant, what that means, right. what it looks like. And that shit is fucking crazy. Yeah. It is crazy because you're like, what the fuck? Like, you're not aware of this stuff. Like, I mean, you're not saying you have to have a child, but it's just like it heightens everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're on autopilot before, but I feel like certain questions, it's kind of like, not, I wouldn't say like a midlife crisis, but Mm -hmm. like certain things as you progress, as you move on again, as you level up, it just becomes a catalyst for change. Right. And that change doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It, again, can just be re-examination and like self-assessment. Right. Like, right. What, what what the fuck are you really giving your energy to? And is it worth giving your energy to it? And have you just been kind of stagnant because you were comfortable, you were used to it, mm-hmm. um, and you didn't really pay attention to whether or not it was still working? Yeah, like me. I know that like when we had Yara... Mm-hmm. You know, um, aside from the, like the pandemic, I'm talking like post pandemic, not post pandemic because we still in the pandemic, yeah. But like, as the you know, virus got you know, decreased more and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we started going outside, mm-hmm. I felt that I still, I still didn't want to go out mm-hmm. as much as I used to, like, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of like hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. Even people that wasn't like my friend, friend, mm-hmm. just somebody to go out with. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, now I'm just like, yo, you have to be real important for me, like to hang out. Damn. Yeah, you have to be like. Your presence is a present. No, I'm not saying that, but you have to really be worth my time of hanging out with you because I don't, we don't have that much time. Mm-hmm. During the week. And time is a very significant currency. During the week, we don't have that much time. So if I'm going to take a day or even half a day to hang out with you, that means like, yo, you, 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 my nigga, like I Mm -hmm. fucks with you. Cause like to just give up your day to anybody, like time is, is very valuable. Like we take that for granted when we were younger. Mm Mm-hmm. And now I start to realize that that shit, you ain't getting time back. Mm-hmm. Time or that energy. Shit. Yeah. Time and I realized that your energy, it becomes, um, it starts to decrease more mm-hmm. as you get older. Yeah. That shit is real. It's okay, old man. Shut it's up. okay. Like, I was hanging out like a few weeks ago and, I'm like, and you were like 12 oh, o'clock. Oh. I'm like, damn. Y'all usually be like, yo, like, what the Where fuck? And I'm young, bro. Exactly. Dead ass. Even literally like, two years ago, tired. we used to sit there and shut down the fucking bar and the pub. Yeah. And be trying to find another place to go at three o'clock. Like, bitch, it's three o'clock. Go the fuck home. <laughs> like, and now it's like, God damn. Yo, we, okay, 12 o'clock, and, we ready to go home. Me and Boob, me and Tiff, we used to stay in the fucking clubs. 
till the fucking lights come on. Literally. They be like, all right, last call. That's when you know <laughs> the fucking uh, club is shutting down. Once you see the lights go on and you hear last call, it's like, nigga, you should have been ordered your Uber ready. Exactly. 10 minutes before, because you know niggas about to ram that door and start running out and shit. So. And we would literally walk the strip of wherever we are yeah. to see what else is open. But yeah, like, just ass. go the fuck home. Go home. Nothing be open. <laughs> They'll be like, nah, we about to close, bro. Last call was like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Those and were the times. Shit, Those now? Time. <laughs> you couldn't get me out. If you, all right, if you tell me you you want to hang out <laughs> at nine o'clock, I'm going to just not even answer. <laughs> that's not even realistic no more because we in our 30s, some, most of us. And nine o'clock is like you asking me at 12 o'clock. Pretty much. That's basically what you're saying. Or like or like eleven o'clock. Like, yo, what's your plans? Yo, what you doing? Nigga, it's I'm like, in my boxes. I'm watching Toy Story Three. Badass <laughs> though. Eating gummy bears. Like, what the fuck? I'm chilling. And then you have to worry about coming home and dealing with that shit and calling an Uber and it's 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 just a headache, so I really do wish, like sidebar, that I could teleport because even back then I wished that I could teleport because that, yeah, that commute home, sitting there and having to wait for the Uber or wait for the train and then get home. And then also we used to be fucking lit. So like we would be cognizant enough, but it's also like that walk home from the train would always feel like we were walking for five fucking miles. I know, but then we became bougie. Then we became bougie like the last year of hanging out. And then took Ubers. Then we was taking Ubers. We were fucking crazy. We took Ubers from from Brooklyn. Honestly. From Brooklyn, Queens. You like we take Ubers everywhere. We don't even take the train no more. Like it's like it became that serious where it's just like, yo. The (laughs) waiting for the train, when you see that 20 minute on the train, you'd be like, yo, for real. We would look at each other like all right, let's leave. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on Bronx Park East. It, it, Bronx Park East, if y'all familiar with the Bronx. Mm-hmm. That's the worst train stop. One of the worst train stops. Because it's so it, it deceives you so much. Because it's like one time it would be two minutes, then it'd be 20, then it'd be five. So They never respected the two train ever. Nah. Ever. But, yeah, like, she awakened a lot of shit in me. Uh, where I, I had to examine, like, and the crazy thing is, like, getting into, like, the actual stages of friendship, right, that most of the time, like, friendships happen by chance. Like, you meet people by chance. Like, everyone is a stranger at first. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? And then based on, like, um, I think it was, like, a proximity theory, like, easy opportunity for you to meet somebody. If you're seeing them um, a regular amount of time you get familiar with them, whether it's like school or work or um, fucking supermarket, anything where there's a routine where you're seeing that person and you're like proximity is you're close to them because right. you're seeing them so often. It's it's a routine being built and then you get familiar with them. You share mm-hmm. common interests and so on and so forth. Um, and then that's usually how it starts, right? So what Drew found, uh, and we'll share this in the episode notes with a few of the other resources for the episode are like the five stages of friendship, right? So the first is in the outermost of the circle is Mm -hmm. strangers, obviously being the most surface level superficial, right? You don't really 
um, have an intimate connection. Um, you might like volunteer at the same events at work, right? So like a work acquaintance, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's casual acquaintance, right? Where you still don't really know each other well enough to share like intimate details or secrets or information, but it's a little bit more of a notch above an actual stranger. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes into actual friends, uh, where as you move into that part of the circle, you gain a little bit more trust, right? So you might start actually sharing information. You might start um, intentionally seeking that person's company or spending time with them. Um, so seeing them regularly. Mm-hmm. And then yep. there's deep friendships, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of like that really core relationship that you have with people um which obviously takes a little bit longer because again this is the least superficial um you actually have experienced them a little bit more intimately or closely like so you might know secrets you might know information that um they don't necessarily or you don't necessarily share with other people right it's been tested your relationship in in one way or another right Mm -hmm. and it's still kind of progressed right so there's that compatibility, I think, where regardless of kind of like a good romantic relationship, there's the good and the bad, but like the actual core and strength and foundation of it mm. is still stable, right? It's okay. not it's not shaken. Okay. Right? And then last but not least, which is a really cool one, actually, I'm, I'm interested that they actually included this, is self-intimacy, which is... Mm. You and only you. So knowing yourself, right? Yeah. Um, so that you can show up appropriately in all the other parts of the circle that we talked about. Right. Okay. Now, yeah. one of the the crazy things in this resource that you shared is that one of the disclaimers that they're making sure to highlight is that healthy relationships generally will move gra- gradually from like that stranger stage to that Whoa. deep friendship stage. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily healthy to jump, you know, to like circle jump. So like you jumping from like number five to number three after you only met once, right? Like those Mm. people be Mm -hmm. being wary of the people. Yeah. Being wary of those people who after meeting you once, they're like, oh, this is my bestie, blah, 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 blah. Right. The people who use that term for everybody. Right. Because what they say, which, you know, is one of my favorite B words is. If you do this, if you like skip very crucial levels in the circle, mm-hmm. you're more than likely skipping boundaries because <laughs> right, there's right. no establishment of what that friendship is actually based on. There's not a, an actual deep, you know, gradual, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Progression. So you're saying you can't go from casual friendship to like deep friendship? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it's like you have to like basically like leveling up in mm-hmm. friendships. Mm-hmm. And basically like each, I guess, each experience y'all go through, mm-hmm. it can determine whether y'all still, you know. Compatible. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be a like thing of like if y'all go through a, a serious experience, like either an argument mm-hmm. or actual like. 
um, experience that y'all go through together is just like, that's going to determine whether y'all drop back to strangers mm-hmm. and stay there. Yeah, or whether perfect you, strangers. Yeah, whether you up into like a deep friendship where it's like, yo, we've been through this shit. Like, yo, that's crazy. And that's something that you'll look back on and laugh about when y'all get older. Yeah. And y'all still remain friends. And y'all, you know, y'all be in that deep friendship for, you know, as long as y'all, you know, look out for each other and stuff like that. I think the and, the thing is like our parents, I don't know about your mother or your father, but I know my mother and grandma and everyone was always like, oh, that those, that friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for a lifetime shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right? true. And that's true, you know? Yeah, because... You know, like not to cut you off, no, 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 you good. But you have those you you have close friends mm-hmm. that have the potential to be best friends, but they're like still stuck in that close friend. Because so it's like a meaningful. That was another thing that you shared. Like the whole there's like three st- within those five circles. There's also three stages. So it's like casual acquaintance, which is like those strangers and friends. Mm-hmm. Meaningful relationship, which is like those friends or close friends. And then lasting friendship, which is like that that deep connection, best friends, yeah. you actually call them family type of thing. Yeah, because it's like the lasting friendships. That's a, that's a, a friendship where you like you could you don't have to even Talk hear from the day. person. Yeah. for like months because like you're going through life shit. Yeah, but once you see that person or even call that person or text that person, it's still like y'all was just texting the other day. Mm-hmm. Where y'all didn't lose uh, footing, y'all didn't lose nothing, y'all didn't lose a step in y'all friendship. It just continued. So that's something that, you know, a lot of people have to look at, you know, because I'm seeing that a lot, you know, in social media, mm-hmm. especially people like, oh, that I thought that person was my friend and, you know, I did this for that person. And it could be lopsided. You ever see the uh, the scale when one is higher than the other mm-hmm. and it's not equal, like balance. Yeah. That's how some friendships are. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, that's how it is sometimes. And you don't even, you're not even aware of it until something like it, crazy something happens where it's like, it's so apparent. And then you pay attention to, you're like, mm-hmm. it's like you had your blinders on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where you weren't really paying attention to the patterns because you were paying more attention to the person if that makes sense yeah like you was putting this person on a high pedestal Mm. and you was on the lower part of it and you're like still stuck there and you're like not even wondering why i'm like at this level and this person's so high and you're like not even notice because you're so infatuated about being their friend and Mm -hmm. them accepting you and stuff like that you're not really realizing what they're doing like okay, this person's action is not uh, fitting for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got a question for you. Did you, Mm -hmm. did you have healthy, cause in in speaking with like Yara, where again, like, like most things we present or we, we represent her first reference for everything, Mm -hmm. you know, like a healthy marriage, right? Um, healthy friendships, right. healthy familial boundaries, like all of that stuff we're representing for her. So like, was that represented for you? Cause for me, like 
I know for the longest time, mommy's best friend has always been on ID. Mm. Only person. Like, and mommy was always very adamant about, like, nailing down that, yo, like, I've had one consistent friend my whole life. One. Right. She's my ride or die. She has been my ride or die. I've known a lot of people. But this, this has been my bitch for 40 plus years. Mm. Do you have, like that representation was there someone who kind of instilled that in you or like that kind of showed you um in practice what it should look like my father his representation was he has he had a he has friends Mm -hmm. he had uh he has uh close friends Mm because my father don't really use the word best friends Mm -hmm. So he was like, yeah, this is my close friend and stuff like that. And then as years got... Oh, See, but old people well, like to say friends, and that, that mean the people that they fucking. Well, that too. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, mutual uh, same-sex friends. Like, okay. You know, yeah. Okay. So he would say, yeah, this is, my, this is my boy and stuff like that. And, you know, as time went on, it was just like, he'll tell me like, yeah. Um, for example, when he retired, mm-hmm. he seen that um his boy didn't hit him up as much as he would when they was working together mm. so i guess even when you get older to that so it age, was actually a casual acquaintance they was it was just literally yeah an opportunity yeah was the only yeah thing holding it together yeah because basically uh his his boy you know quotation his boy <laughs> mm-hmm. would hit him up and say yeah i went to so-and-so restaurant or or uh Buffalo Wild Wings, and I'm checking out all the honeys and some, you know how they mm-hmm. talk and shit. Yeah. And my father be like, he'll tell me, he like, yo, he didn't even hit me up and he know I'm retired. I ain't doing shit. But mm-hmm. you ain't let me know you was going there, but you're going to call me when you in the spot and say, yo, I'm fucking eating wings and watching the game. like <laughs> And watching ass. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> so, you know... It, it goes, it's, it spans a long, long time. It doesn't stop like when you're your 30s or 40s, you know. So, and then my mom, mm-hmm. she doesn't have any friends. Like, she, she says she don't want no friends or their drama and stuff like that. So, that's her take on it. So, I mainly got it from my father. Do you Anytime. believe that though? You know your mother. Like do she you don't have. She has people. No, I don't mean believe that she doesn't have any friends. I think the reasoning behind it. Do you buy the reasoning behind it? I mean, I get it because when you have like a lot, a lot of friends, it is drama. Mm-hmm. Because then they suck you into their drama, and you, if you're a a, a good friend, you're gonna want to try to help everyone. Like. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to be stuck with their drama and you have drama, your, your your own shit you're going through. Yeah. So then it's like you're trying to play a superhero mm-hmm. and you're going to get burnt out. And then you might lash at somebody and then it's like, that's it. The bridge is burned. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't never going to be cool again. So I think uh, the older you get, the the less friends you, you should have. Mm-hmm. Like really, like like you said, your mom have that one person mm-hmm. she could go to and count on. Um, so, so yeah, and not limited to one person. I'm not saying that, but you know, it shouldn't be like you have ten best friends. Like that's that's not that's not real. I don't. We could agree to disagree. 
<laughs> that that'd be a question. You think you can have more than ten best friends, or um, five, or no, or even I'll say eight because ten is a little. <laughs> it's a little extreme. I've yeah. seen people with like fucking twelve bridesmaids and shit. I don't know how they did it, but I mean, they shit. probably just did it for clout, honestly, because. 10 bridesmaids doesn't mean anything. That could just mean you just, okay. Like, it could mean a lot of things, actually. I mean, but also, like, one of the things that came up when we were researching, though, is that Mm -hmm. friendship means different things to different people. So, like, there might be people where the the ceiling of their friendship is still very superficial. It's Mm -hmm. still very surface level, where it's like, oh, this is my bitch. I can go... And take Duce to the head, and she ain't gonna throw up, and she gonna hold my hair. No, like the 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 actual ceiling for what a friend is is subjective. But that's true. But it's subjective at that moment. Mm-hmm. When you get older, you start to realize that that moment of her holding your head up or her holding you down when you was drunk, or her like teaching you how to throw up and shit like that. <laughs> Wait, what? I mean... Teaching you how to throw up? Okay. Yeah, if you you feeling sick or you feeling nauseous, you throw that shit up. But who... How, I'm, I'm, I have so Listen, many questions. I have Let's stories. Continue. I'm not going to get into it. No, I want to know the story. You can't just say teaching Listen, somebody to throw up and that you some, have stories. A friend and- that I, I helped throw up, he, you know, he, the liquor got to him and he wasn't used to drinking the liquor he had. And I told him, yo, just put your finger in your throat. Pause. Pause. Because I know y'all motherfuckers like, yeah, yo, that's my gay, bro. So we went to the bathroom. I was like, yo, just put your finger in your throat. He was like, nah, I'm scared. I'm like, listen, just do it. So he did it. threw up. He felt fine after. And that was it. Continue the night. <laughs> Yep. But like I was saying, like you can have a person do all that stuff, but are they really doing it because they're your friend or are they doing it because they don't want to look bad or they mm, keeping up with appearances? Yeah, because if mm. you're with them and people see you're with this person, they don't want to look bad and be like, yo, like why does why does why this uh chick or why this um You want to say bitch. You want to say bitch yeah, so bad. I, I, don't, I don't use that word. <laughs> Why this nigga brought this this chick to the um no why he brought him to the party if he ain't got um, he can't hold his liquor. hold himself up yeah yeah you know and then they clowning the dude that brought him you know whose man's is this yeah yeah or vice versa so it's it, you know it it goes both ways you know I mean uh-huh. the one of the things that the resources said is that I'm, there's nothing wrong with having superficial or like surface level relationships like there there's obviously a need for balance where um you might have friends that serve very particular purposes you just can't you just know that like yeah. that it's like a lane that's their lane right. right there there are some relationships that you can just entertain and it's not really intimate it's not really deep and it's not meant to be deep yeah like just like you can yeah. have a fling um romantically right where it's like all right but this is just this is just a little situation this ain't nothing deep i ain't catching feelings you can kind of do the same thing with friendships where they serve a purpose and as fucked up as it sounds 
I don't mean serve a purpose in terms of just kind of fulfilling you and you just using them, but like that mutual benefit of maybe you have this friend that you always drink with, or maybe you have this mom friend, right? Or maybe you have the fucking play date friend or yeah, all of these like, examples of parents of someone's look, now, but like, look, yeah. Like, look, everybody, and we're going to have a poll. Everybody have that friend where they could either go out with. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that friend that they could call. Mm-hmm. And be like, yo, what you doing right now? I ain't doing shit. Yo, we out to the bar. Mm-hmm. And they they meet up like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody have that friend that they could call and be like, yo, I'm, I'm dealing with Christ right now. I need your help. I need your, you know, your support. Yeah, yeah your support. And that person will be there in a, in a quick second. So everybody has that friend they know they could go to for certain stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it, like you said, it's not bad. Just certain people, just like certain people's not meant to be wives or meant to be husbands. Right. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You if Mm -hmm. you want. I read something on Instagram. Sorry to interrupt you. If you want a spouse, you got to be a spouse. And it's the same Mm -hmm. thing. Like if you want a friend, you got to be a friend. Right. Right. You can't you can't expect one sided shit. Just that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable as you level up. It's not sustainable as you start holding people more accountable for their shit. And like, there's a lot of grace giving, I think. And that kind of goes into the whole pedestal thing that you said earlier, where there's probably a lot more grace giving and to an extent romanticization that you do with friendships, um, at least very early on before a lot of the fucking static happens. Mm-hmm. And for me... Across the board in, in any of my relationships with you, with, with family, with my friends, static is significant. Static is is healthy. Static teaches you where the vulnerability lies, where your pockets are, mm-hmm. where your gaps are, yep. um, and what you need to work on. Yeah. And that for me was particularly telling because it, if you're just looking at a surface level, like you you haven't really had a disagreement. You haven't really had an argument, even like in a romantic relationship, right? They say the same thing, like that's a red flag, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where one of the things that I had to learn when I was like self-reflecting is like, what does alignment really mean in friendship? And for me, that means that we are aligned and compatible mm-hmm. when it comes to harmony, right? That's great. Good times are good, but we're also aligned and compatible in conflict. Mm, so like if, mm. if we are at odds with each other or if we are not seeing eye to eye or right. if we're having a particularly tense situation or if, it's a, if, a, if there's a rift, how do we communicate that? Mm. How much grace is given in communicating that? Right. Where, where does our friendship sustain yeah, and, like, and, and, and what what does that look like? Are you someone who, in conflict, you gonna shut down and you yeah, just gonna treat me like a stranger on the street? Yeah, because if you if that's what you do in conflict, then that's not we're not compatible in conflict. Because yeah, cause, as much cause, as I would m- might be disappointed in you or whatever, like I'm not gonna do that to you as a friend, right? And it would yeah, because recipro- if you reciprocity, if you try to ignore it, it's gonna make it worse. Mm-hmm. Like ignore it and think like, yo, like we good, like that person gonna forget. Nah, that shit festers. They're going to forget about it, you know, a week or two. I'm going to let that... I'm going to let that person, you know, breathe and give him a space or her space. Give him space or her space and be like, yo, 
she gonna he she or he gonna be good in about a week or two. Mm-hmm. So let me not say nothing, you know. But that shit exactly, and that's yeah. also that's incompatibility. But there's some incompatibilities where like you can you can talk it out, you can get to a level of understanding. Like maybe this person is conflict avoidant. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they don't yeah, like conflict, and maybe you just gotta give them a little bit of leniency. Right. Right. But in the same way that you would have like, like hard nose and like soft nose and compromises in a relationship, you got to figure out what those are in friendships too, Mm. because that line can get blurred real quick based on what you were saying, like pedestalizing people, giving grace, um, trying to see the best or the good in people at all times. And again, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person. It just means that you're not compatible. Or maybe you once were and you no longer are at this new stage. Like, there's a lot of shit that can come into play with that. Yeah, people need people to match their like their character, mm-hmm. basically. Like mm-hmm. me, I'm laid back. You are too. You right. You right. Yeah, me, I'm laid back. I'm chill. You know, I don't really let stuff get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. You know, I don't need like if it's like it's rarely uh, a rare occasion that I would be with somebody who's like really, really loud and obnoxious and, you know, just can't chill and just can't just be like, yo, like, let's just why we got to go out all the time. You know, like we could just chill somebody's house or something like that. We don't have to go Mm -hmm. to a bar and shit like that. We could just chill in the house and watch the game and shit. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like that, you know. Not about the big scenes and stuff like that. So. Yeah, so that's the compatibility thing. So, like, you wouldn't align with somebody who was, like, whenever they get turned up, they want to fight everybody, right? Yeah. That 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 might work for someone else who is exactly like that, but they ain't going to work for you. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things that were interesting, and I think this is... This is what Yara taught me because now I'm <laughs> now I'm thinking about friendship in relation to her is you teach people how to treat you. Like you mm-hmm. set a standard and you don't really realize that you're setting a standard because more often than not, you're just being yourself. Right. But if you're not setting boundaries and like rules kind of to an extent in your friendship you just really going with the punches and yep. that shit might work for an extended amount of time but then like you were saying earlier it might come up to bite you in the ass later on when shit really hit the fan and you realizing well goddamn, how long has this been the standard mm-hmm. and why did yep. I not see this earlier yeah yep. that's true what do you how what do your friendships look like now that we have Yara? How how what have you learned about the type of friend that you are and the type of friend that you need? Well, the type of friend that I need is mm-hmm. somebody who understands that we have a whole uh, human being mm-hmm. and we we have each other as well. But we have a whole human being um a, a addition to that. Mm-hmm. And that they have to, you know, they have to realize that my time is different now. Yeah. My time is not the same as it was. You know, uh, you have to give me grace mm. in terms of like, yo, 
if Drew don't, if Drew normally hits you up back up like um, in a few hours, it'll probably be additional hours he'll hit you up, you know, because he's dealing with Yara, his job, you know, uh, you know, we're, uh, with our relationship. So it's just like that grace is much needed in the friendship when it comes to me. And um, what type of friendship, what type of friend hmm? are you realizing you are? I realize I'm a, like really like I'm kind of like a, a nurturer. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I kind of give that persona off. Like mm-hmm. if somebody comes to me with an uh, um, opinion or they need advice, I'll give them the best advice I could give them mm-hmm. in terms of my experience mm-hmm. and what I witnessed and stuff like that. And I'll tell them like, you know, don't don't just take my advice. I want you to analyze it yourself and then execute like a um, a decision based on what you think and all around. It's just like gathering information, mm-hmm. um, good information, not just anybody information. But um, yeah, just um, being a nurturer and making sure everybody's good. Even though I'm going through my problems or, Same. you know, mm-hmm. and shit like that. That can make somebody's day or, you know, yeah. make their week. So You're checking. Yeah. Because not a lot of people do that, especially what's going on now. Everybody's so focused on social media and all this other shit, COVID. So not a lot of real people are checking in Taking as they the should. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, I would say the same thing. Like the type of friend that I need right now is the same. Like someone who is grace giving and understanding of like mm-hmm. my life being what it is right now. And it, it being a work in progress, I think. Cause it's like, we say this all the time, like shooting and shit, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Right. So what it looks like today might not be what it looks like next week. Right. So like understanding, um, and a grace and adaptability to that, mm-hmm. right? Right. But also, what I'm learning about myself as well is that, right? I've always been someone who tries to be as intentional as possible, mm-hmm. and sometimes I miss the mark. And when I miss the mark, don't don't sugarcoat. Don't don't try to spare my feelings. Tell me that shit. Right. And that's that goes in line with the whole compatible and harmony and compatible and conflict. And conflict doesn't necessarily even have to mean like an argument or a disagreement or an issue. It might just mean, hey, like this shit ain't working for me. I'm going to communicate to you very explicitly and direct. Mm-hmm. And then we figure out what this shit looks like moving forward. All right. Right. And that's mm-hmm. why, aside from you, two of my favorite people in the world are the two of my favorite people in the world. Mm. Because conflict. Harmony, all of that shit throughout any of those particular instances, communication is direct. Communication is intentional. Communication is not driven 100% by emotion. It's like, okay, well, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. This is why I need you to show up. This is how we move forward. And then we move the fuck on. Yeah. And I could say, like, like, one more thing about that is that you could. 
like with especially with guys, and mm-hmm. that might sound sexist, but it's true. Mm, like shit. Uh, masculinity. Masculinity. <laughs> 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 I never get that word. But um yeah, everybody like all the guys or um a lot of guys that I uh, I was know, about to say cuz it wasn't all of them. Um it wasn't all of them. They, you know, you went like, through some times, no, bro. Real, like nah, guys in general are real masculine, you know, me being one of them. You know, um certain things that you just got to let go. Like you just got to be like, yo, I need to really like let this go. Um, I need to just be like, yo, I'm, you know, I know it's nothing feminine about this, right? What does that? E- nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna cut you off. What does that mean? There's nothing feminine about this. Is that you saying that there's nothing emotional about it? Because emotions are not a feminine trait. They're human. No, trait. but I'm saying from a man's perspective, like, okay, when you grow up, when a man is um, being raised, right? Most men, I'm gonna say. Because- you know, most men. Most men, I'm gonna say, okay. yes. You do? Um, for you what know. Kevin Samuel, he got the statistics. I you don't got the statistics. Okay. I don't got the statistics. Well, I'm not doing this with you. But nah, most men, because I'm not gonna even say some. Most men are raised like because they have uh father figures or fathers in their life who raise them like that and be like, listen, you have to be strong, you have to be head of household. That's just throughout history. That's just throughout history. Um, so it's like, they tell you, you have to be strong. You can't show emotion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we, we taught this at an early age. So it's like when we get o- older and somebody's like, yo, why you never show emotion or why, why I never see you cry or, you know, and they be like, I wasn't taught that I was taught to be strong and hold my shit in and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But that don't make it helpful. Mm-hmm. Because holding shit in doesn't work, you know? Because, of course, you're emotional. You're a human being. You're going to feel some emotion. But um, as a man, you should just let it out. And you should be able to tell your friend, like, yo, I didn't like the way you did so-and-so. Or I didn't like the way you talked to me that day. You know, we was having a discussion. Mm-hmm. And it should be mutual. It should be like no. Yeah, you should be welcome and open. No to love that. loss, like yo. That part. It should be like yo. I right, my bad, bro. I ain't know you took it like that. Mm-hmm. Like that. It shouldn't be like yo. You you acting mad funny, like yo. Yeah. You know, but you have to set that boundary because that person might say that because you never said that before. So they might be like yo. Since when this person cares about how I talk to him, we always talk like this to each other. Mm-hmm. So you have to set that that boundary. Yeah, early. like people people are not you mind reading. So if if your needs change, I think that's yeah. the, that's the takeaway from this particular episode and the difference of like when we last talked about friendship. Like if your needs change for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you went to therapy and you took a look at how you're showing up and how you're reciprocating and receiving energy. Maybe you had a child like us. Maybe you had a fucking um, serendipitous moment or a goddamn midlife crisis. I don't know what the catalyst might have been, but if your needs change in any capacity, you have every right to enforce the boundaries that are necessary for you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then if people are your people, 
and they're your tribe and they're meant for you and that's the universe at work again like i always say then they will meet you where you are like again with what's the word reciprocity Mm -hmm. right because levels change people change and that's why some people are seasonal versus um lifetime yeah right like there might be friendships that start off very superficial. You don't really know the deep fucking dark secrets and traumas and things that make a person who they are when you first meet them. Mm-hmm. But like time, effort, energy, gestures, authenticity, you right. know, open communication, compatibility, all of those things are the difference between it just being again a a seasonal friend or like a a moment friend Mm -hmm. like someone is literally there just to show you that you have a lack in boundaries and you need to start working on that shit right you might have one person who has been around for x amount of years literally because you have not learned how to exercise and enforce your boundaries and once you do yeah then they are gone right right and the universe will take that shit out for you right and there's nothing again there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. right it's just understanding how it serves you yeah not in a selfish way but like in a reciprocal way like how is the energy that you're keeping around you and vice versa serving you or is it not serving you is this energy doing you a disservice is this shit draining right you know i don't think people spring clean friendships and relationships yeah you're supposed to so i think what we can do to wrap this up um there was a spring cleaning relationship questions checklist that went viral. And I think that it begs the questions that a lot of people, if they were intentionally looking at their Mm -hmm. friendships would really take a second look and be like, well, damn, maybe I don't have as many friends as I thought I had. Mm, Right. So these questions are number one, would we still have a good relationship if I didn't reach out first? Mm, so like that's true. That's true. Is there a balance mm-hmm. yeah. in effort? Yeah. And initiation of contact. Nobody's a superstar. Oh, so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, second one is, and this one is very important. How do I feel after we interact? Mm. Whether it's hang out whether it's talk on the phone, Mm -hmm. whether it's text, like how does your energy, your body respond to that person? Yeah. That's that's a good point. Right. Like, do you feel like it's a chore? Yeah. To engage. Keeping up with something. Yeah. With the Jones or whatever. Not even just keeping up with the Joneses. Also just, are you high stress? Does your body language change? Do you tense up? Yeah, when you have to be around them, mm-hmm. or when when like, you have you to engage like and have a conversation, a lot of energy exactly just to be around them. Like exactly, you're doing stuff that you performing. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, third one is: Have I established healthy boundaries with you? Mm-hmm. And if so, how do you respect them? Hmm, that's a good one too. That's a very good one. Mm-hmm. Cause boundaries should exist in friendships. Right. They should exist in relationships. 
they should exist everywhere. Yep. And last but not least is how do you show up for each other? And again, is there reciprocity? Exactly, mama. Is it balanced? Yep. Now, as with all things, though, this there's a caveat to this, right? So these questions are a starting point, but they're not necessarily like the end all be all. Like you can't just answer those questions without context, right? Mm-hmm. So like if that person is going through um, a particularly stressful, traumatic time, right? They might be subpar. Mm-hmm. They might not be a great friend for the next three months because their head is somewhere else. Yeah, And that's where the grace kind of comes in, right? Yeah. Where you're looking at history mm-hmm. with them, the actual character and taking that to, into account, um, as opposed to just saying, for the last, I'm doing an audit of the last three months and you've been shitty, right? Without understanding the context of why that might be, right? And at that point, it still becomes, you know, the distinction between if it's just an understandable phase of them being shitty Mm-hmm. Or is this a pattern? Like, if you dig deep and you actually pay attention to the pattern, like, for the extent of this, have you been the one who initiated? Have you been the one who has exerted more energy and effort? Has it? Have you felt like it's been um, imbalanced? Right. And are have you exhausted? This is also an important part. Have you exhausted, even if you still exercise from a, a place of understanding for, you know, maybe, what is it, that them having that, that, that subpar experience or whatever have you exhausted your level of grace because Mm -hmm. it comes at a cost of it benefiting you at this point right and being of service to you okay so So you can be understanding you can be grace giving but you can also be that to a fault so paying attention to what that limit should be for you that's true i mean this these are questions good questions that everybody should ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to know y'all feedback on these because these are really good questions. Yeah, so. I'm gonna share them in the um in the episode description. Yeah, you can share them. Last question, then we can round it out. In the vein of these spring cleaning questions, this is probably largely subjective, but when do you think it's appropriate to spring clean relationships in your life? Every Six mm-hmm. months, every 12 months, yeah, every life stage, every year. It depends because, you you know, you, you you have your life that you're, you're going through. You know, you don't have time necessarily all the time to like. To say every June 30th, I'm going to examine. Yeah, that's when it's the time is right or you feel like you're being shut out, you know, or you feel like you're not getting um, that friendship attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or, then you, you know, you feel like you're you're reaching out more than the other person reaching. So out. when the red flags, yeah. Raise. So you, you're someone who is more reaction, reactionary. Where yeah. after you notice these things, you're like, oh shit, let me reexamine this shit as opposed to yeah, proactively saying, like, hey, this is where I'm at. This is yeah, where I should because do it. even okay, even like when you said, like okay, this person uh, might be going through something, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's fine, but you, everyone goes through things. Yeah, everybody yeah. goes through things, but that right there is a uh, uh, kind of a red flag too, because sometimes compatibility. Yeah, sometimes it's like okay, and it makes it not worse, but it, it makes more sense when a person 
it makes more sense when a person tells you like okay um these are the people i hit up when i'm going through something Mm -hmm. and you're not that person Mm -hmm. you find out you're not that person because you don't hear about this you don't hear from that person in like a year or Mm -hmm. you know months yeah so it's just like you know What's like, what's like, what's what, what, what was our friendship? Like, what I mean, was, you learned, you learned your cause, rank, yeah, because that person probably hit up other people before you and you know, told them their problems and thought about you, but it was like, nah, I don't think we're there, so you know, but you don't think that you think that yo, this person could come to talk to me about anything, you know, so. Is that largely based on that? That becomes again a, a conversation of compatibility because is that largely based on the fact that that person is that for you, or you thought that person was that for you, so you assumed not a bad thing, but you assumed that you were also that for that person, yeah, without yeah. having that conversation, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that compatibility part, I think people don't really think about compatibility when it comes to friendships because a lot of the things that make a friendship again initially are surface level superficial or just like fun mm-hmm. like but when you start digging deep you really have to pay attention um if you're trying to be more intentional you know of what the actual traits and ingredients are in your friendships or at least the ones that are lasting mm-hmm. you know just so you can make note of that hold hold them accountable but then also hold yourself accountable because everybody be you know they have their shitty moments i've mm-hmm. had my shitty moments um but yeah yep. so um we're gonna wrap it up guys it's been fun <laughs> and again we ain't, we ain't telling y'all to break up with y'all friends we're not saying that we're, we're just saying we are adults examine the energy around you and do what works for you exactly do what works Mm -hmm. for you um take note and pay attention pay attention to the universe y'all because i feel like the universe tells us way more than we want to hear oftentimes but always what we need to hear if you just shut the fuck up sit back and pay attention exactly but until next time we will see y'all when we see y'all yep peace